In 2003, a man arrived in an emergency room in New York City with a very bad bite. He told the doctors that he'd been bitten by a pit bull. The emergency room team had a little private chat and kind of said, there's just no way that this is a dog that bit him. And so they called the police and the police showed up at the apartment and they realized they had a much bigger situation on their hands than they had ever anticipated. What they found in the apartment was most definitely not a pit bull. It was a tiger. Its name was Ming, and the man had purchased it from an exotic animal breeder as an eight-week-old cub. By the time of the accident, Ming had grown to 425 pounds. There was a whole team. They were rappelling down the side of the apartment with a, a tranquilizer gun, and that's what they had to do to you know, subdue Ming. They put him on a stretcher and got him out of there. And fortunately, they placed him in an animal sanctuary in Ohio where he lived out his life. Ming died in 2019. And shortly after that, Ed Martin III got involved. He is the vice president of the Hartsdale Pet Cemetery, just north of New York City. And there was a gentleman who's a plot holder here who had followed the whole story. And he just felt that Ming should be brought back to New York, which is where he, he had spent some of his life. Ultimately, Ming was cremated. And his ashes were buried at the cemetery. They held a small ceremony. And that is where Ming rests today. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura. A celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're visiting Hartsdale Pet Cemetery. It is the oldest operating pet cemetery in the world. And it's where Ming and many, many other dearly departed four-legged friends are laid to rest. After this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's both physical beauty and there's spiritual beauty here. The cemetery is located on less than five acres 
of rolling hills. There are many beautiful, mature trees that are here. There's a lot of wildlife that's here too. Rabbits all the time, on little chipmunks, tons of birds. You'll hear birds you know, chirping all the time. It's just really a very peaceful, tranquil, serene, beautiful place. That's the physical beauty. The spiritual beauty, of course, is when you walk around and you see the headstones and the epitaphs and what these pets meant to the families. Some of the headstones are serious and like they're heartbreaking. I love you. I miss you. And, but there's a lot of whimsy to them, too. So sometimes you'll have family pets who are related to each other. So there's kind of like a theme. So you'll have like fajita and tamale. Or you'll have like the Spice Girls, like cinnamon and sugar. So it kind of makes you chuckle. There's also references to an afterlife. And then there's references to uh, a religion assigned to pets too, which indicates that there's a feeling that pets have souls. So there is this feeling of just this, this, this tremendous amount of love. Today, Hartsdale Pet Cemetery is the final resting place for more than 80,000 pets. It's mostly dogs and cats, but there are also rabbits and birds and reptiles. But back in the 1800s, people who lived in nearby New York City did not have a place to bury their pets when they died. There was a law that banned the burial of animals in city grounds. They had really no good options when their pet passed. So unfortunately, what people had to do was place their pets on a curb with trash to be picked up. And that was not acceptable uh, to most people, probably all people who had pets, because most people who have pets consider their pets to be family members. A woman named Emily Brethet heard about this situation, and she was dismayed. She was an animal lover. She owned an orchard in Hartsdale, New York, and she'd buried her own pets in the orchards for years. And so she wanted to share the grounds with other grieving animal lovers. So Emily Berthet partnered with a New York City veterinarian named Dr. Samuel Johnson to help carry out the plan. She had the property and he had the clients asking for you know, the demand to have their pets buried instead of placed on the curb for trash. And so by 1905, um, there were 300 burials that were in the apple orchard. Dr. Johnson ran the cemetery until he died in 1937. Then a local family took over and ran it for several decades until they got too old to maintain it. That's when they approached Ed's family. My grandfather, Edward Martin Sr., he had a monument business. And one of his main clients was the Hartsdale Pet Cemetery. So he did a lot of the headstones. In 1974, Ed's family took over the cemetery and it became a family business. My grandmother worked here. She was the executive secretary. My uncle worked here in, in the office. And then over time, I worked here. Um, when I was 14 years old, I was you know, cutting the grass and planting flowers and running errands to buy cigarettes for people that worked here. So I kind of worked my way up from the mailroom up. Working at a pet cemetery, it's not exactly a typical summer job for a teen. But Ed was always drawn to it. When you're a kid and a teenager, you just want to blend in. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to be different. So um, telling people that my family owned a pet cemetery was, there was some hesitation, a little bit of embarrassment about it too. But deep down, I had um, a, a special place in my heart for it. 
People have been finding ways to honor the animals special to them for centuries on centuries. More than 7,000 years ago, at Russia's Lake Baikal region, a dog was laid to rest with the same funerary traditions as humans. And in an ancient port city in Egypt, researchers discovered nearly 600 cats and a few dogs and monkeys gently buried. Many were laid to rest wearing collars or necklaces made of glass and shells. Some of their bodies were adorned with textiles and ceramics. Today, the burial rituals at Hartsdale Pet Cemetery look a lot like that. They look like what we do for the people in our lives that we've loved and lost. Pets can either be cremated or buried in an animal-appropriate-sized casket. Most people like to have an open casket. Most people put memorabilia inside the casket, such as toys or blankets or a leash or photos or maybe even notes. Some people spend a long time with their pets, laying them to rest. Some people only need a few minutes. Sometimes clergy speak at the funeral. Then they form a procession to the grave, and the cemetery staff offers the owners that first symbolic shovel full of dirt. We understand that death and grieving um, is very individual, and what might be right for someone may not be right for somebody else. Ed's seen a lot of burials during his time working at the cemetery, but he remembers one that was particularly notable. Probably one of the most moving things that happened was there was a canine, a a police canine dog that passed away. And when they had the ceremony here, we didn't realize it was going to be as big as it was, but there were policemen, handlers, who brought their canine Uh, partners with them. There were probably about no less than 50 of them. And they kind of walked by the grave uh, before this this canine was buried and almost in, you know, honor of of this dog. And they all stood at attention. There was a gun salute. There were bagpipes. It was a very solemn ceremony, but it was also, you could just feel the love and the, the outpouring Ed's been working at Hartsdale Cemetery for 20 years now, and he admits that when he was a teen, although he liked it there, he didn't totally get it. When I first started working here, I was cutting the grass and I'd kind of be looking at the the headstones and puzzling over them and, you know, um, wondering how this pet meant so much to them that they thought so much of their pet to, to bury their pet. And then it wasn't until our family pet died that I kind of gained an understanding Ed's first pet was a dog named Ophelia. They called her Ophie. Ophie was found by my grandparents. She was abandoned, and she was a pure breed Cocker Spaniel. She looked like Lady from Lady and the Tramp. She was a beautiful, beautiful Cocker Spaniel. And so we had this this dog, and just thrilled to have a pet in the family. It was the first pet that we had. When Ophie died, she was buried in the cemetery. But part of her lived on in Ed's family. Ophie had a litter of puppies, and the family kept one of them. Her name was Mona. She lived with them for another 17 years. Mona was a tough one because I was older, and uh, that was my first experience with euthanasia. Um, And I asked her that. I said, you know, tell me I'm doing the right thing. And she's like, I can't tell you what to do. She's like, but I can tell you that you have a 17-year-old dog. 
and she's not going to get any better. And so she's like, if you bring her home, you, you know, you'll go through this again emotionally. So, and this was a very long time ago, and I still get very upset. So, so I understand what people go through because I've been through it myself. And we buried her here, um, and she's with buried with Ovi. So um, that gives me, you know, peace knowing that she's she's with her mother. Ed personally understands what people really go through when they lose a beloved pet. And it's why he understands why some people choose Hartsdale as their own final resting place. The cremated remains of humans can be buried in the cemetery as well. And as of now, about 800 people have chosen to be buried next to their pets. My family pets are buried here. And not only are my family pets buried here, but the cremated remains of all four of my grandparents rest here as well. My parents were planning on being buried here as well. And I've spent most of my life here. So I really can't think of a better place to rest in eternity than, than, than here. It's a beautiful, beautiful cemetery. And I'd be here with my family, both hum- human and pets. If you're looking for a final resting place for a pet, Hartsdale Pet Cemetery offers all kinds of options. We put a link to the cemetery in the show notes. This episode was produced by Johanna Mayer. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. 
Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. 